it seems as though we're having some audio issues. It um, sounds like it's playing back at like three times the speed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's hilarious, but that is not like I, I, that's not going to work. I cannot make out anything you are saying. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. So today we're sitting down and talking to Steve Hirsch. Hey, Steve. How excited are we? Super excited. Oh, very excited. I-, I love this part of the show, the the every other week with the, with the guests here in... Uh, you know, different uh, stories and different ways they accomplish, you know, their activities in the hobby and have fun with model airplanes like we do. So Yeah, it's, it's awesome time. to talk to new people because you learn a lot by Absolutely. doing that. So, Steve, how you doing? Say hi. Hi, everybody. I, I'm doing great. Um, I've been really looking forward to this. This is, this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I, I kind of knew that going in from listening to the podcast. You guys are really enjoyable to listen to you guys have a great chemistry between you guys well thank well, you yeah i appreciate that we've been friends for several years so quite a few that's a long time yeah <laughs> so steve tell us uh if you don't mind just to give us a quick little kind of rundown about yourself and uh, so the listeners have uh have something to reference when when we get into it i got back into the rc plane stuff oh, a little over a year ago after um, having probably not touched it since, oh, I'm going to guess the early 1990s. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe mid-1990s just due to, you know, family and all that good stuff. A lot of it was kind of COVID-driven. I had been doing competitive drag racing for about a decade. That sounds fun. And awesome. uh, just due to some, you know, some health things that I have to watch out for, I kind of had to stop doing that. And I just said, I need something else to do that, you know, keeps me interested in something technical and i just decided oh i'll just get back into rc plane so i got on horizon hobby bought a turbo timber i had picked up some radio gear and charger gear stuff from the local craigslist went out to the local business bar probably got 10 or 12 flights in crashed it pretty good and said i don't really like this plane (laughs) and uh stripped out the parts on it that i thought were decent and uh said Okay, I got to figure if I'm going to do this, I need to do this right. And I did some research and found out that there was a club fairly close by and uh, went down and checked them out a couple of times. Thought, well, these guys are pretty low key. I don't, I don't sense there's going to be any intolerable drama from the club situation. So I joined the club last summer and uh, talked to the guy that they paired me up with, who was going to be my instructor, and I got on SIG's website and I ordered up uh, one of the SIG uh, uh, Cadet LT40 Arths. And uh, I already had some some parts that I collected uh, for a kit that another guy in NorCal had given me. And I put all that stuff together in the LT40 and I went out with the buddy box setup and I had to relearn how to fly. Um, after 35 plus years, I, I really sucked at it. <laughs> So it's not like riding a bike. It was not like riding a bike, like I thought it would be. <laughs> and having the instructor in the buddy box and all that, um, I did pick it back up pretty quick and uh, started soloing. I think after after I think the fourth or fifth time, uh, the one the one guy that I was working with, he went on vacation, and, and so they turned me over to another guy. We buddy boxed one time and he's like, ah, you're ready. Go for it. And show me that you can take off and land. And I did. And he goes, okay, you're good. You're on your own now. I think my, my third flight after that, uh, one of the other much older people in the club than I, apparently very hard of hearing, didn't hear that I called out landing, walked out on the runway as I'm landing. Ooh. And I smacked right into the guy's legs. Oh, Fortunately, he was not injured. Uh, I had already, the throttle was already off, so there was no spinning propeller. That's good. But uh, that was uh, required the cadet to come back home and go under some surgery to repair <laughs> the wing and yeah. the fuselage and other stuff. But, uh, you know, nothing that major that I, you know, I couldn't fix and whatnot. But that was my first experience of 
realizing that I needed to be more situationally aware when I'm out of the flying field. That just calling out landing is not good enough. Yeah. That's hard yeah. because at the same time, you don't want to take your eyes off the airplane to Absolutely. see what's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I was really tunnel visioned at that point because, you know, I mean, I'm just, just starting to, you know, figure back out again. And, and, you know, you guys have been doing this a while. It's, it's something that I had in coordination really good 40 years ago is not as good now. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I absolutely understand what you're, what you're uh, talking about. And I would say the difference between where I'm flying now and when I did it, you know, when I was younger is, you know, we used to go out to a college campus and we had a huge big grass field. So there really wasn't any defined runway. Um, or we would, I was in Southern California or we go out to the Mojave desert on a dry lake that you really couldn't miss the runway in those situations. <laughs> yeah. When the our, lake our little field has a fence around it, a fence on both ends. And it's that geomat runway. Okay. And you really got to yeah. be on your game to hit the runway. And it's usually a crosswind. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. But at least you have a geomat. That's one thing that yeah, I've ever cool. or never actually flown off of or landed on. It is really nice. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Especially especially with the lighter airplanes mm-hmm. and smaller ones. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But it's a great, it's a really great group of, of, of people that are in the club, really low key. It's just, you know, if you're not flying, you know, and you just, you're hanging out and, and talking or looking at each other's planes and helping each other out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's exactly the type of club that I'm, I'm comfortable with. You know, nobody's saying, oh, you got to do this or that or, yeah. you know, whatnot. They're just, everybody's just out there to fly. Just, just for reference, what, what part of the country do you fly in? I am in, I live in Placerville. I mean, you don't have to give it. That's okay. I, I live in Placerville, California, so I am flying okay. in uh, Northern California, just east of Sacramento. Okay. So you don't have 12 months of flying season. You have about, what, 10? <laughs> well, actually, you can pretty much fly year-round. Oh, nice. <laughs> year-round. I love it. Yeah, year-round flying would be nice. I think I'm pretty much, most of the time, I'm able to go at least once a week. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we we have the building season here in the Midwest yep. because October to yeah. I don't know February or March is or just April. Well, yeah, the way it's going yeah. now, April of course, late yeah. April. Um, it's just it's so bad out that you yeah. can't you can't. Fly. It's either too cold or too windy, too or rainy both, or rainy. Yeah, so or we snowy. have a, so we have a building season and a flying season here in the Midwest. So it would be kind of cool to have a flying season that's year round. That'd yeah, be nice. I was going to say, as much as people say, you know, what they want to say about California and all that stuff, um, you live here for the weather. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. So before we get too f- or too much further on, Steve, I just I wanted to say thank you, by the way, because you have uh, been very helpful to me with uh, the Pilotus PC6 that I got that was crashed. Um, it is because of you and the pictures you sent that I was able to get that put back together in the parts design and stuff because it's it's hard when you don't have something to go off of to see how it's actually supposed to go back together when you just have pieces that are not whole pieces. Right. So uh, thank you for the pictures and all that stuff. I, I greatly appreciate all the help you gave me on that. Oh, you're, you're welcome, Ron. I can't wait to hear how yours flies and whatnot, how you do with it. Yeah, I, that's that's one of the things that we need to get together soon. Um, yeah. We were going to do a video on it, but I don't think, like, I think I've changed my mind on that, and I just want to get <laughs> it put back together and fly it. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. So, well, there you go. We made the decision. I'm just going to put it together <laughs> Just and like fly that. It, so, but yeah, like I said, that was awesome, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. No, my pleasure. It's just got to be one of the coolest looking model airplanes I've seen. I know. It is. I absolutely I love that. Yep. It's... If only it were nitro powered. No, see, I it's perfect that electric. <laughs> well, you can buy bigger ones that are nitro, but I, I just really like. Yeah. I like the size of this one. Yeah, it is a good size. It's yeah. not too big, but it's very light for mm-hmm. the size that it is. So it's extremely light. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard or listened or not, but we have. Uh, or I just picked up the Flightwork Shiny um, in Toledo. In Toledo. Yeah. And so that's my second plane from that same company. Flightwork is who makes that Pilotus too. Yeah. Um, what a cool airplane right. this is, too. It, I love the lights on it. It's, <laughs> it's kind of neat. Sounds but anyway, like so they are hard to find anything really by that company, let alone replacement parts or anything like that, or 
the full diagrams on how it was put together. So I'm very, like I said, thankful for you sending me the pictures of yours that was not crashed. So I get to see oh, how yeah. it was supposed to go together. Yeah. Well, well, and vice versa, Ron, on the landing gear blocks, because I, I don't think I would have been able to reproduce some usable blocks without the pictures and measurements that you sent me. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad it helped out. So, yeah. So mine was crashed, mm -hmm. and he had to send me the pictures of that. And then the right. one he has was not crashed. It was never assembled, right? No, no, it was never assembled, and it was missing two parts, the landing gear blocks. Okay. And yeah. those, of course, are the most difficult blocks to make because it's not just a simple strap. It's it's a weird setup on that pilot. It's where it actually screws into the bottom of the airplane, and then the gear it's go like into hinged, it from right? the side. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was able to take pictures of the ones that I had on mine and send them to him with some awesome. measurements. So he yeah. was able to make that for his. So Good deal. Have you flown yours yet? I did. I've, I've got three flights on it. Um, nice. It still needs some work. I haven't gone back out with it because one thing I found, especially on my third flight, was even a little bit of a breeze and it becomes a lot to handle. It's so light. It's so light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sure. So the the guy that had the guy that had it before me said that's exactly what happened to him. It was a little bit breezy, and he was taking off next to a uh, a car. I guess it was blocking the wind. And as he got to the back of the car where the wind stopped or started blowing, it just flipped it right over. So it's a very light airplane. Yeah. It's so light. And, and I think the reason it's so light is because the landing gear is so heavy. <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, it could yeah. very well be. That's a very over-engineered landing gear on the yeah. airplane. Yeah, from so, what I've seen on yours, Ron, it is, yeah, the landing gear looks heavy. Mm -hmm. So they had to make the airframe light to compensate. Yeah. You know, one of the changes I and I haven't tried it yet was the springs are way too stiff on the struts. I thought that by looking at them. And when I came in on that third third flight landing, and I and I, I was not landing this thing pretty at all. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> the, the biggest thing I look at is you want to get good at landing, but you know, you may not look good those first few times. Right. Oh yeah. Um, it it bounced more than I would have expected it to mostly probably my fault, but I was dealing with a lot of crosswind and breeze stuff. And I was just happy to get it on the ground in one piece at that point. So I've switched to some softer springs on the strut, but I've yet to try them out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting to hear how that turns out. Cause I noticed that too with, you know, just like setting mine down and stuff, there's just no give to where it almost seemed like the spring was there for show and not to actually do anything. Yeah, it's, and, and you know, when I had it up on the, on the, the table at the field, you know, every it, the landing gear is like a shiny penny. Everybody goes right to it. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they got to do, whether I say it's okay or not, is push on the plane to see if it actually, you know, <laughs> compresses. Yeah, that's annoying. That's <laughs> it's not, what yeah. people do, though. I know, but it's not your plane. Don't oh, look at that landing gear. It's, it's shock absorbing. Here, let's see if it... Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I... I've, yeah. You know, and a couple of the guys asked first, but some guys just walked right up and checked it out. I'm just like... Wait a second, dude. Yeah, then you, know? you yeah. slap their hand. You gotta ask first. Yeah, yeah. So listen, I, I worked in a hobby shop, you know, quite a few years ago, and one of the most annoying things, and if you're listening, customers, one of the most annoying things that people used to come in and do is when we sold RC cars, especially monster trucks that had the big squishy tires, they would come in and the first thing they would do is they'd grab the tire and give it a squeeze, and it would make this. Mm. horrific whistling noise that went straight <laughs> to my brain. And yeah, so I, I, yeah, shiny object, push on, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a little bit, of a, it's a, it's a kind of an odd one because I really, really like the way this plane looks. Mm -hmm. And so I'm almost shy about when I'm going to fly it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I think I'm going to wait till I consider it to be perfect conditions. And listen, there's nothing at all wrong with that. It's the exact opposite how I feel about the cadet. When I go out, I have a few planes in the van, and the conditions aren't that great. You know, the cadet comes out, and that thing flies in all conditions just fine. Yeah, that's one you're comfortable with, so you're absolutely happy with it. In that, too. Yeah, I that understand. That, that has a lot to do with it. So let's let's go over a couple things, then. We, we've, we're curious, first off. Um, it's it's very common for everybody here. What What's your number? <laughs> 
<laughs> Ron just getting uh, straight. We're going to right it. into it. Absolutely. Yeah, right to it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Right to it. Uh, okay. Okay. And I had to make a list because I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> uh, six. Six that are flyable. Nice. That's a good number. Four. Four kits. I have not started. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'll cons- I consider two under construction. And two under repair restoration. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly, I, I always take the cadet. I found that if when I don't take the cadet, you know, I kind of like, yeah, I, I just want to relax and fly. The cadet is that plane because it's just so easy. To, I call it go out and fly around like a Cessna. That's just fine by me. An airplane like that is just fun to take out and land and take off and land and take off. And I mean, it just makes you. I mean, that type pilot. of flying makes you a better pilot. Yeah, yeah. but that, that airplane lends itself well to that, too. Yeah, you, you nailed it, Tom. That's exactly it. Um, and then I, the, the other plane that I think I really get a gas from, because I can fly it across uh, the road from my property in my neighbor's field, is I've got one of those twisted hobby, uh, like 33-inch wingspan crack yaks. Hmm. Oh, okay. And, uh, that thing is just a hoot to fly. Twist. It's like you cannot hurt that plane. Twisted yeah. hobby. I'm writing that down because that sounds really interesting. Oh, you've not heard of that before? Uh-uh. That's yeah. the that's the profile one, right? Yeah, it's a profile foamy, and it's like light as a feather. And if you get into trouble, you just cut the throttle and let it drop, and you probably won't break it. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's the was the EPO foam or what I don't remember what it's called, but it's the maybe like the Depron type. EPP? Is that so okay. right? Well, yeah. yeah, that might. Yeah. Because yeah, that stuff is very flexible. It's it's you can't. Well, I shouldn't say you can't. It's it's difficult to break it. Those I'll are, find a way. <laughs> it it doesn't do good in a midair. I had a midair with it <laughs> uh, with an extreme hobbies uh, uh, edge that my buddy flies, and we were. I was over on one side of the field doing my thing, and he was over on the other, and he had a senior moment and came over <laughs> into me and and hit the hit my plane and. Um, I cut throttle and came down in pieces, and he managed to keep his flying, which I said if I had to pick which plane survived, it's much better that the $1,000 plane survives versus the $100 plane. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually repaired it, and it's still flying. Good deal. But yeah, his his prop did a number on that foam. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A knife will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't really crash those and hurt them, but you can yeah. definitely cut them. Yeah. I, I can't remember if I put any pictures up of that one for you guys to look at but yeah it had it was it's like i took some really thin balsa and just glued it over the holes and just went back out that's a good idea yeah yeah sometimes ugly is easy and easy is the best way to do it yeah as long as it flies good yep it's just it's such a fun plane to fly i noticed you said that you're getting back into the hobby after like 35 years off yeah yeah so what has what has changed in that time from the time you left to like when you look at the new stuff you go wow that's so much better or so much worse than it used to be what what do you think about you know the difference in how far it's come in thirty five years well it's it, I think the biggest difference is you know I don't really recall there being a lot of choices in what I would call you know arf type planes back then um, mm-hmm. we had hobby shacks. In Southern California, you could buy these like really cheap fifteen and twenty dollar styrofoam plane kits. You could put O four nines on and whatnot. That was the closest you could come. But no, we had to build our planes. Or if you were in a hobby shop and they had a plane hanging, you could buy a plane that somebody else built. And um, I don't recall there being any electric motors at the time uh, in airplanes. The radio control cars were just starting up with the electric motors. And, you know, radios were just simpler. I mean, if you could, if you had a radio that had the switches for reversing servos and could do like dual rates, you know, you had a badass radio. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and I've got a, a Spectrum DX8 uh, second generation, the G2. Mm-hmm. And I'm just amazed by it. I just can't imagine ever needing any more radio than that. Right. Um, I know a lot of people are going for the ones that have the uh, the uh, you know the, the like the Android operating system and stuff on them, and I'm just like, I would never use it. You know, I just I just like 
what I can do with that, that DXA. It's got all kinds of different programming stuff you can do just right within it that seem to be more than enough to me. But again, I'm probably not the, not the guy to measure it against because you know I just want to go out and fly my laps and stuff. And um, you know I'm trying to learn to do some of the, the harder stuff with the plane, but man, my eye-hand coordination is just not coming around that quick. You know, it's funny you talk about the DX8 and Gen 2 and stuff. So I went from, and actually Tom did the same thing, a DX8 Generation 1, and then we both now use the iX12 with the Android system and all that kind of stuff. I can see where the simplicity of a DX8 would be awesome, uh, but the one thing that I I really did not like, uh, well, I guess found to be limiting with the DX8 Gen 1, I don't know how Gen 2 is, but the 30 model memory being the limit without having to move things back and forth off of the uh, off of the card. Yeah, no no limit on the the Gen 2. It's 256 model memory. Oh, there you go. I don't think I'll ever hit 256. Don't say never. I don't think I will ever hit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I I don't know, Ron. You have that shop building out back. I mean, you, you could do it. I maybe that's, he could. That's he totally a, could. Well, I could, but I don't know if I want. I don't know. You like, want to? Don't say I don't know if I want to. You want to? Maybe we'll if see. You, if you I could mean, fill that thing with I airplanes, guess I you don't, would. I guess I can't say that because <laughs> I don't know what ten years is going to bring from now. That's Who true. knows? Steve, you brought up a good point. Like since since uh, since you know we're not spring chickens anymore, you and I. Um, or you, me. You said that uh, you know your skills aren't you know where they used to be in the hand-eye coordination, and that's something I've discovered over time. When I say over time, I mean like the last few years, <laughs> is that it's for me, it's it's not so much about learning new things anymore. It's about trying to maintain the things that I can do. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I totally know what you mean, Tom. Yeah. So, and, and I think the other aspect, and I know you guys will bring up this, you know, there's the building and maintaining of the, the models that's, uh, you know, that's changed from when I did it originally, you know, back in my early 20s and whatnot, you know, because we built our plane, you know, the first plane I had admittedly with the glider hanging in the hobby shop that the owner of the hobby shop sold me one and sold my buddy another one to get us going. But, you know, we both built our first trainers and any subsequent aircraft after that were just planes that we built. There was, you know, there's so many prefab airplanes. I see it so many from Horizon, FMS, uh, Arrows, and stuff that the guys bring out. Everybody's having fun, so there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Right. You know, my, my take is as long as you're having fun, you're doing good. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think my skills as a builder and maintainer uh, are leaps and bounds beyond what they were when I first started out years ago because of just life experience and the time in between. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I love sitting down at the bench and building stuff, or if I, if I really crash something bad, making the parts and, you know, rebuilding the parts that broke from scratch and putting it back together, you know, without having the plans and all that. Now I have those skills now that I didn't have that. Right. And the patience. I think as we get older, we get more patient too. God, at least I, I know I, I have. hope so. Cause I need more <laughs> patience. Well, I mean, I've noticed just, just with myself, the build quality you know, over the years. Like when I was younger and I built my first airplane, yeah. from what I recall, it wasn't a very pretty airplane when it was done. <laughs> but like now, even even with RFs, I, I take that extra time to make it the best that I can. Whereas when I was younger, maybe the focus was on getting it done to go fly. Well, now I want it to look more, I want it to look good more maybe than I want it to fly yeah. sooner. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say yeah i think i understand oh 100 because i'm just more patient now you know i just i just have the time and patience so something else that comes with age ron patience i'll get there you know now that i'm into this uh you know getting into the second year of this you know i've, I've come to an understanding of uh, the to understand that at the price point for a lot of the foam type aircraft and whatnot and how they, you know, do all the control surfaces and connections. You know, it's not the same as what I would do if I built something. So you just, you just have to accept that's the value you get at that price point. Because 
Right. You know, you can't put a you can't put a dollar value on the amount of time you'll spend building something. That is true. You really can't. Yeah. That's absolutely true. And <laughs> and sometimes you just want to go fly and get a new airplane and enjoy it, which right. there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Yeah. I think my list represents that. <laughs> yeah, you did send us your list. So I'm going to go ahead and read through these really quick, and, and we can talk about some different ones as we go through. So looks like we have the Flightworks Pilotus PC-6 that we already talked about, the Sig Cadet LT-40R for the 70-inch version, uh, the HK Wargo Signature Edge 540T 15E uh, Balsa EPP Foam 3D Airplane. What is that one? So that is a... That is the Hobby King's uh, version of the Future Hobbies Edge 540. And um, that's a just, it's like one step up from the Twisted Hobby plane. And it's just, it's a really is a a gas to fly. It's, it flies, you know, it's got traditional aeroplanes, but it's an interesting combination of the EPP foam with some balsa here and there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like yeah, a, a hybrid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you put it in, if you put it in the hands of one of my club mates who actually knows how to fly one of these, um, it flies amazing. Uh, right now I'm just practicing, making sure I can land it in one piece. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty small. It looks like from the size of the servos and the battery. Yeah. It's a small, it's a small plane. Um, another one that once I get get a little bit better at, I should be able to fly in the field across the street from the house. Um, it, it actually flies really, really well. Um, um, it's just when you fly these that type of a 3D plane, um, I call them they're really, really twitchy. They, you know, mm-hmm. you touch the stick and it moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The control surfaces are huge on those. Yeah. I call them crazy planes. They're huge. <laughs> um, the 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 thing that I like about it is that I feel like it's an excellent workout for my brain and my hand coordination. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's something I look at it as therapy in that sense. So I may not be make it look the prettiest flying it, but if I can take it off, mess around with it and land it in one piece, you know, I get a good workout. Yeah. With that. Uh, okay. So next you have the UMX Turbo Timber. And then you have a free-wing FA-18 high-performance EDF jet, the Royal Maces. Um, so yeah. the Turbo Timber, that's a, a good, fun little airplane. Um, yeah, that plane's awesome. I, I That thing exceeded my expectations tenfold. You know, it's amazing. We hear that so often with the UMX airplanes. They yeah. really, like, they just fly really well for what they are, which yeah. surprises me. And they're a lot of fun for not yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, they're very, very well done. A lot of fun. Yeah, and and I picked I picked it up when they had it. You know, at like the lowest price I'd seen it at in a couple of years. It was like it was like 111 bucks. How could I go wrong? Oh no, kidding! That's like nothing for those. Yeah. Um. That, what's yeah. the how's the free wing or free wing FA18 fly? Do you like that one? Too scared to fly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was actually wondering about that. I let I let one of I okay so. There's always a story, right? So I was out at the field <laughs> one day and uh, we had what I would almost call an impromptu swap meet. You know, several guys had brought out several planes and they just were walking around going, hey, does anybody want to buy any of my planes? And I walked over to this one guy's table. And he had that that F-18 sitting there. I go, how much you want for that one? He goes, 40 bucks. I'm like sold. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's like an automatic you buy. Know, That's a no-brainer. Yeah. Basically separate me from some of the money on my wallet, which I happened to have with me that day. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I you know, took it home, got it, got it all dialed in, took it back out, had one of the jet guys make a few flights with it. Made, you know, we got it pretty well dialed in and whatnot, and uh, I have not flown it myself yet. Does that one have retractable gear? No, big gear. Okay. It's fast, and I'm just not sure. I'm. I, I think I could take it off and fly it around, but I'm pretty sure I'd crash it. Land it. <laughs> well, that's a future plane, then. At least you have yeah. something for a next step. That's a, yeah. always good to have a, a goal. So, well, the other way I looked at it too is, you know, it's got an AR six thirty one in it. I mean, it's that's worth more than the whole plane yeah. right there. I always figure if I'm buying something at a at a swap meet or something like that, if I can pick one component. That's more expensive than I'm paying for the entire plane. I can't go wrong. Right. Exactly. You can't go wrong. Yeah. 
Um, so under construction, I see you have a Carl or a Carl Goldberg Gentle Lady balsa kit, the seventy-eight inch version. Um, how's that going? Um, I haven't glued one stick on it yet. I'm waiting for the <laughs> weather to warm up enough so that I can glue my quarter-inch cork on top of my two-inch purple foam insulation and get the building service that's that's one that i would like to put on my list in the future build uh category because i've yeah, heard a lot of yeah. good thing about the or good things about the gentle lady but i have never flown one or built one or done anything with one yeah. so they were they were in production from goldberg for many 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 years and they don't they don't stand that test of time if they're not good flyers yeah you know what i mean so and the plan the plans are out there you can go on like uh, what is it powder zone and there's guys that have uh, digitized all the rib stuff so guys like you know ron with a laser cutter could cut the parts nice that'd be a really easy plane to build um the guy who has the what is it the balsa workbench he has parts you can buy them from him too rob Mm -hmm. yeah rob it was my first plane oh that was your first the gentle lady was your first first plane i that was the first plane i learned to fly on back in what is it? Probably like in 1980. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and the way we learned, to, yeah, the way we learned to fly was my buddy and I went into a hobby shop. And we looked at the badass looking planes that we each want one of those. And the lady goes, "No, no, no, boys, you don't want those." She pointed up to the two glider thing from the scene and says, "You boys each buy one of those." And uh, here's the radios you need. And you go over to the college with those, and you get on your knees and you throw them. And you land them. When you can do that really good, you come back and talk to me. So oh. we bought them, set them up, went out to the college, threw, threw them a whole bunch until we could land them, went back, and then we got a new assignment. And this went on until she had worked as all the way up the side of this slope. So we go to the top of the slope and throw it and land it, come back and talk to me. And then she gave us 049 motor pots. <laughs> yes. And, okay. Uh, she basically just kept giving us the incremental steps, yeah. and instructions. And uh, in the meantime, we each bought our, our trainer kits. I think I bought a Goldberg E50, and my buddy had a similar size. I think it was a, a Sig Senorita that we worked on while we were practicing with the gliders. Yeah. Did you say you had a Goldberg Eagle? I had an Eaglet 50, the 50 inch version of the Eagle. So you basically learned to fly with a with a hand launch glider. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, we just kept going back. When we got good at whatever she told us, we would go back and we would get our new assignment. And then when we when we went out and we flew the trainers for the first time, that was just you know, I don't know why. I, I there were probably clubs around. We just weren't smart enough to go find them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I almost crashed the eaglet into a little league game that was going on. Uh-oh. I pulled up just in the nick of time. Yikes. And uh, I remember <laughs> getting that plane on the ground, packing it all up, and going home that day. I didn't want to fly again. Yeah. <laughs> Once bitten, twice shy. Right. I don't blame you. So would you say you got the gentle lady more for nostalgia or because you truly just wanted to have another one because it flies so good? But both, actually. Yeah. Um, nostalgia because I thought it would be really fun to, to build the, the kit of the first one. And, you know, if you keep your eyes open locally, you'll be amazed at some of the deals that show up on my Craigslist and Facebook sometimes. Yes. That was one of those deals. Okay. You know, it was, I just couldn't pass it up. It was so cheap. And it turns out it was one of the last production runs of those kits from when Lanier had bought uh, Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, Lanier was laser cutting everything. Yeah. That was before Great Plains picked them up. Yeah. The quality of uh, the parts is way higher than the die cut. Yeah ones that you know i was accustomed to so yeah so it just and we've got a really really accomplished glider guy in our club sailplane guy in the club and so he hooked me up with the power system and whatnot for it you know as i'm going along he's going to give me the tips i need just to you know do a really solid you know electric powered sailplane build with it yeah we're trying to start getting into to sailplanes a little bit so more to come on that. But. Yeah. You should ask me about the Tower of Vista Grande. That's, the that's next. That was, that was the next thing I was going to bring up, and I was waiting to do that because that's the next thing on your list is a Tower of Vista Grande EPR 100-inch. Um, so I looked that one up, and I'm actually really impressed, first off, with the price on it. It's not all that expensive. I think it's $199. 
Um, but it comes with yeah. the the uh, the motor installed and the ESC, which is an ARF that has that installed. Yeah. I've never seen really? that before. Hmm. Yeah, I know. You know, Rob, that comes under the category of basically you pay for the motor and the ESC, and they gave you a playing with it. That's kind of what I'm thinking, actually. I mean, that's that's one that. I'm trying not to buy because I don't need to buy another one. But I mean, I don't I, buy it till they do one of those tower sales because that's how I got sucked in. It, it was on sale for $139. Oh, like three days. Yeah. That's, I, I hate missing those, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely have to look into that and put that on a, I don't know if there's something I can do to where it'll let me know if it's on, on sale again. But I, uh, yeah, I I definitely at that price would order it without even thinking about it. That's actually a pretty good deal, even at at the non sale price. That's what I was thinking. Like that's you know? a good looking oh, airplane yeah. and a good looking motor. You know, a good motor that comes yeah. with it and yeah, speaking quality components. So. Yeah, gotta be overkill. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, seventy amp. That is actually kind of high for that size. Yeah, but that thing's a hundred inches. I mean, that's that's a big airplane. Well, it is, but that's. I mean, not, I understand it's. They're going to be but... light. But I bet it would. I bet a really small motor ESC combo would get it up to altitude, no problem. I would think so. Mm-hmm. Well, but you can. Looks like you can run it up to six six cells. Yeah, I think that's Could a little overkill. Um, wow. They recommend they, they recommend four cell, uh, twenty two hundred to like thirty two hundred, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'll, I'll know more once I get it together. And I'm looking, you know, how's it balancing. Mm-hmm. Some people said even with the four cell batteries, they've had to add weight to the front of them. And I'm like, really? We'll see. We'll see once I get to the point where I'm, I'm setting that part up. Yeah. So I've got the the Steven Zero HEME2 that we picked up in Toledo. And that actually, fl- and that's, what do you think that is? About a 90 ish? 90 ish, yeah. That's probably about a 90 inch wingspan, yeah. uh, give or take a little bit. And that flies on a two cell 2200. Yeah. And to me, that Flies felt like well. it yeah. had plenty of power. So I can't imagine that. I mean, that thing is probably going to be a rocket. Mm-hmm. That might be kind of fun, though. Yeah. All right. So moving on, on your list, you've got repair and restorations on. You've got a Yak 54 EP 3DR for the 41 inch version. Uh, what's the matter with that one? Uh, it just it just needs love. It was uh, it's one of the great planes, uh, ARFs, uh, balsa ARFs. It's got like really neat like clear translucent covering scheme on it and uh it just was set up really poorly uh servos weren't centered Mm. a bunch of stuff like that and just just need some bench time and then it should be good to go yep nice and then um right up my alley you have a great plane super sportster uh ep the 48 inch version which i also have Yeah. yeah those fly great by the way Except for in my hand. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I've crashed that plane twice now. Um, Uh-oh. And uh, both times it had to do with landing. Mm. So, um, yeah, they do fly great when they're in the air, but apparently in my hands, I have a bad habit of coming in too slow, I think. They float pretty well, but you do have to have a little speed with them. I know I ended up crashing mine that I got my first one. Um, because I was coming in a little too fast, the opposite of you, and I couldn't quite get it down to the ground in time. Um, and it ended up where I was flying was at home. And this is back before we bought the acreage next to us. So I didn't have the the runway where I wanted it. So I had about 80 ish feet to land in where I had to <laughs> land and be stopped. And this is, this is a good oh, size man. airplane. Um, so I ended up landing and then, it took a little bit of a bounce because I was going too far or too fast, and then it hit the driveway, which comes up a little bit, mm-hmm. which made it go airborne launched again it. and launched it right into the pine trees on the other side of the uh, the driveway. Ooh, ouch. So unfortunately, the wings came off and folded in half, and actually I think the fuselage folded in half too. But this is back when I could still buy mm-hmm. the ARF. So I bought a new ARF and took all the uh, electronics out of that one that I crashed yeah. and put it in the new one, and I still have that one. So yeah, it's a yeah. great airplane. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I destroyed the wing on the first crash. I was was coming in, and, uh, you know, we always have a crosswind, which is – it's good and it's bad. If you, if you learn how to deal with the crosswind, you're a good pilot. If you don't, it's bad and you crash. And yeah. I came in. I was coming in a little bit. In this case, I, I don't think it was – 
yeah, I think I got a little bit slow and it started drifting over towards the pits and I was trying to give it some gas, but it kept going towards the pits. So now I'm going too fast and I put it down because I didn't want to go into the pits because there are people in the pits and yeah. it got on the ground. It was going too fast. And I thought I would hit our net fence and I managed to hit one of the metal poles that holds the net fence up. So, Ouch. Yeah. So pretty much <laughs> split the wing in half and I went through a big process of rebuilding it brand new, you know, basically rebuilt half the wing, covered it, had it looking just great went out for three flights and um was coming in and i i i think it was a combination of my pilot error too slow and i went to try and recover it and i think at the same time one of the aileron servos failed and so it rolled over upside down went this time over the pits into the parking lot and crashed into another fence it didn't do as much damage as the first crash but uh, I lost interest in it at that point and said, this is going to have to wait for another day for me to want to spend any more time fixing it. But, but I'm <laughs> yeah. not giving up on it. I just set it aside for right now. Yep. yep. Yeah. And sometimes that's the smartest thing to do is just set it aside and someday you'll probably feel like, you know, it's been it's worthwhile. Over, yeah, it's been sitting long enough. I can go ahead and you know go through the process to fix yeah. this one again. You know, back in my early days, I built the Super Sportster 40 from a kit, and I think I had an OS four-stroke in it. I can't remember which nice. one, and I, and I did fine with that one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, age, in this case, the <laughs> old eye-hand coordination bit me pretty good there. Um, I agree. It's it's one of the best-looking airplanes out there, as far as I'm concerned, with the old-school ones. So, yeah, it's yeah. just a very classic-looking RC airplane. Like, when you think... Like yeah. of old school RC airplane, like from the from the eighties. I mean, that's that's, that's one of the images. Yeah. yeah, the the super sportster and the super chaoses and oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're they're so it's just such a good looking airplane. So, yeah. but you know, one of these days I'll I'll get it back out of storage and 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 get it back up in the air. There's there's yeah. nothing that'll stop me from doing that other than I just thought for right now, let me move on to some other things. And it may be, I'm just trying to progress too fast. Probably. You're right not to give up on it. So yeah. it'll be good to get that back in the air. So right. I agree. Um, and then I see you have three kits that you plan on doing. You have a uh, six something extra, the 51 and a half inch version. Yeah. You have an old school yep. model work Sunday fighter, the Bristol yep. Spadport biplane, 46 and a half inch biplane. That's right up Tom's alley. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, then the that top one flight, got my attention. <laughs> and then the top flight Cessna Skylane, uh, one eighty two. So, so I just want to make a comment about this last one. You have undecided as far as power goes, but leaning electric, and that that brings me to like, like my overall <laughs> like view of your list. There's no nitro or gas power to anything on your list, Steve. I know, which is pretty pretty sad for a guy who's a gearhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that, I wasn't going to uh, say that, but the, a drag racer ought to have at least one nitro motor in his collection. Or gasoline. Well, tell that to the guy with the Tesla who came out and kicked all our asses. I don't know how to take that because I have one, but that's, that's one. I, I like Teslas, though. So. No, there's a there's a guy who figured it out for racing, but we'll, 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 we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> I think if I was going to go with fuel, Tom, I would go gas. I would, I don't yeah. think I'll ever touch nitro again because I don't miss the mess. And I think that's why you see so much electric is that yeah. I really like that. There's nothing to clean up when I get down other than the pieces of a crash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had to add the pieces of the crash at the end. Um, no, I, I hear you. And you know, I, I say it over and over. Yes, it totally makes sense. You know, the electric and gas, there's less mess. They're easier to operate. But I, in my brain, I still, you know, I still always have a soft spot for, for nitro. Uh, and oh, I yeah. suspect and that I, I always you. will. But, well, and I've said it before, too, a lot. I like nitro. <laughs> I don't want to own nitro. So I love the fact that you have it and I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> right. The smell, the sound, yep. the, you know, yeah. everything is, yeah. is cool about nitro, but I just... Can't justify the expense. So, Steve, are you going to go gas? Then you think maybe on the on the Cessna. I don't know, Tom, because okay. you bring up a good point. That is a large enough aircraft, and the way it was designed and engineered, it would it's not going to be that easy to convert to electric. Not that I I'm confident I could do it. Oh sure, um, yeah. But it's going to require a pretty good size electric system 
right. for that one because it's not a light plane at all. No. Well, and it's a scale airplane too, so it needs to make it, it noise. Is. <laughs> I think. Well, can I just put one of those electric sound systems in? Yeah, it? you can. But the, have you ever heard one of those up close? They're pretty lame. No. No, I can only imagine. I mean, if I'm honest, they're pretty lame. No, you're <laughs> right. You, you should you should skip to plane number four because that's that's going to come up real soon because that is one really cool kit. The the Chin model aircraft Cessna three thirty seven O two Skymaster fifty two inch. That came off eBay from Thailand, and I had my eye on that for months and months. And uh, there's a guy who uh, down in Southern California who did a really nice build thread on RC groups on it and flying it. And the more I looked at his thread and saw the plane, it's just, it's a plane that I really like the look of. Um, I decided to go ahead and, and spend the money and get the kit here. And uh, I'm not disappointed. The quality of this kit is top notch. Um, yeah. It's it's very complete. It has everything but the electrics in it. It has all the landing gear, all the push rods, um, everything you need. You just need to add your servos and a power system. And it's designed for the twin twin electric setup. And uh, the quality of the laser and CNC cutting on it is just top notch. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of the three three seven, and we have a you know a nickname that we call them like in the well in the in the circles. We call them suck and blows because they have an engine up front that sucks and one in the back that blows, right? So they call them suck and blows. Yeah. Yeah. My, my <laughs> uncle had one. Yeah. When I was growing up, my, my, my uncle was a pilot and he owned one. And that was part of the other thing is just kind of remembering nice. you know, that my uncle used to own one of those back in the day. That's awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. So at 52 inches, it's not a terribly big airplane. So it would no. probably lend itself pretty well to electric power, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I've already got, as you can see from the list, I've already got the power system for it. Ought to be a good flying airplane. You can put retractable gear on it? Nope, nope. Too small for that, I think. Okay. As far as, I think it would add too much weight. Um, yeah, you're probably, probably right. would. I'm thinking about add, adding flaps based on the recommendation of the guy who has the build thread on. He said if he was going to do anything different, he would add flaps to it. Cool. That'd be a neat project. Yeah, definitely send us, uh, if you don't mind, send us pictures once you get started on that. I know. Sure, Ron's sure. No, definitely. I think it's a neat airplane, too. Mm-hmm. I think I'll get some posted up. But, you know, the, the Skylane, again, another kit that I saw on Facebook Marketplace locally is more of a, a project for when I'm ready for a really big challenge. Well, if that's the, if that, you know, that's the Top Flight Gold Series kit or Gold Edition or whatever they're called, um, it, it's a, Pretty easy build, to be honest. I've built several of their gold edition or gold series kits, and yeah. uh, they they actually go together really, really nicely. And if you've got one it of the later like kits, I think some of those were laser cut, and those go together really um, nice. I, everything looks really high quality on that, other than mm-hmm. the uh, empennage had been started by the uh, the person who had the kit. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. who, the guy who had the kit had passed away, and, and his son was trying to, you know, get rid of all his RC stuff. Yeah. And I ended up um, having Rob at the uh, Balsa workbench uh, cut me all the parts for the empennage that this guy did because he did such a bad job putting it together. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know. Rob does good work. <laughs> Rob, you know, Rob charged me 25 bucks with shipping. With shipping, yeah. And actually, no, he didn't. No, it was less than that. I think he he wanted fifteen bucks, and I sent him twenty five bucks because I figured he needed. <laughs> yeah. So Rob uh, from Balsa Workbench is the is, is the guy I got the the mini cloud, cloud dancer, dancer kit from and put yeah. it together. And what a yeah, what a joy that was to put together. I mean, everything fit beautifully. So, yep, huge shout out to Rob if he's listening. Huge shout out. Uh, I mean, if you need something laser cut and yep. whatnot he will walk you through the process of what he needs to do it and uh super nice guy yeah and that guy has probably forgotten more about rc than i will ever know and i feel like <laughs> i know a fair amount of uh, of rc stuff so yeah you seem great. to <laughs> he's a great resource you guys have both been an excellent resource for me getting back into the hobby and stuff i mean a lot of the a lot of the tips and tricks and things that I hadn't thought of, I picked up from listening to you guys and, and of course, listening to some others as well. But yeah, I, I like the the building stuff a lot and, and you know, just hearing how other people do it, especially some of the guys you've had on the show. I mean, just picking up stuff 
from listening to other people. You just can't beat that, you know, the, the sharing of the knowledge. Well, we appreciate that. We really do. Yeah. And, and Ron says that he, he echoes that sentiment every time we talk to somebody new. It's like we learn something mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. It's good to challenge yourself. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Get outside your comfort zone. All right. Well, Steve, you know, this has been fun. Is there anything else that uh, you want to talk about before we got off here? No, I can't really think of, think of any. I really, again, I apologize for the technical difficulties all in a day's work, I guess. Oh, uh, no. That's okay. Ron will edit all of that out of there. <laughs> Nobody will know. <laughs> I figured I figured he had those skills. He'll probably, he does. probably cussing Steve's name when he feel, learns how much time he has to spend editing all this stuff. So, uh, But that's, a, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes some days, I guess. It's, it's a, it's a great hobby and it's, you know, there's, there's so much to it to, you know, you can learn from it and, uh, hanging out with the, with a bunch of, bunch of guys that are fun to hang out with. And, you know, when, when you do have a mishap, having somebody there to laugh at you about it, you can't beat it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Awesome. Well, Steve, once again, thank you for joining us. Um, we will, uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. That was a blast. Yeah, that was fun. So yeah, well, I'll definitely keep in touch with you guys online on the on the technical assistance because you guys have been great on that. Appreciate that a ton. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, That's... and if you if if you know when you uh, start that uh, Cessna three three seven project, definitely send us some pictures because that sounds really really interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to see that one. Like if you I was going to do an electric build, that would probably be it. I could see that. That yeah. would be it. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Well, you know, Tom, maybe you can send me send me the motor for the 182 and change my mind, you know. <laughs> He's got so. a ton of them. Well, I have a lot of nitro motors, but you said you're never going to touch a nitro again, so I don't know if I can help uh, you or not. Don't miss <laughs> it. I'm t- I mean, they're, 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 they're great and they're fun. It's the mess. I understand. Yep. Yeah. And they are messy. There's just, there's no way around my it. My sentiments exactly. Yep. So. I get it. All right, Steve. Well, thanks for joining us. All right, guys. Um, Until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. And you? And I'm Steve. All right, guys. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.